And away we go. Welcome to The Pestle. Reviewing and breaking down the movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by Todd, who completes Wes. Let's dim the lights and start the show. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by The Imp's Delight. The finest wine in all the kingdoms. Tie went on with The Imp's Delight. Welcome, everybody, to The Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. And we are normally a podcast about filmmaking where we analyze a movie and figure out what makes it tick what we like what's not working and why both of those things are except today i think we're going to call this pod this episode how to podcast or how i learned to stop worrying and love the pestle and so <laughs> <laughs> uh you inspired me with your quote of the day so oh, fantastic uh, <laughs> and so yeah what what I don't know. I think uh, today's episode, we're going to invert it. Normally, Todd gives a spoiler alert, but today I am going to give the uh, the spoiler alert and Todd will give the rundown. And so today uh, we're going to look at how the how we operate, how maybe the show got started or whatever, but it's just going to be about the, the, the Pestle podcast. And so if you've never heard an episode of our show, uh, maybe go do that and so that you'll have a better understanding of what we're talking about and a little more context uh, to what's happening. Right, exactly. So some of the things that it is mostly going to be a, a a conversation between Wes and myself because from the 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 onset of this podcast, this was all his idea. He runs the show. It's it's his it's his ship, and I'm just like uh, a dude on hand that 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 you know tends to join him sometimes. Um, but really, what my what I want the goal to be at at the end of this episode would be if you're thinking about uh, starting a podcast or you're just starting to listen to podcasts or you've even been listening to podcasts and for a long time to understand things like what makes a podcast good in the first place and what does it take to start one and how do you keep it going and what are some of the pitfalls that you might experience and and then you know what goes into each episode that that we do in particular obviously if you start a podcast and it's about something other than movies it might be very different or even if it's about movies it could be completely different but We'll give you a little little insight in, or Wes especially will give you insight into, into how that's run, and then I have a few questions for a little lightning round with him uh, at the end, which could or could not be interesting, no idea, and other such things and stuff and things and stuff. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. Oh, so where would, yeah. where do we begin? Um, Man, there's so many places. Um, James, let's Lipton? begin. Let's begin at the beginning. <laughs> So, um, obviously we've been doing this for a while, several years. We're on episode 186. And in that time, we've covered a lot of ground. We've, we've talked about a lot of different things. Some, some, um, most, most film based, some episodic based, some personal, right? But in general, what podcasts right now or in the past, you know, like whenever we first started, do you? do you kind of like get your inspiration from, or do you really listen to and, and like, and why, like what, how, was there a specific podcast that, that made you think, you know what, I could do this, or this would be fun to do, whether or not that was the impetus of starting this one, were there some that were inspiring to you? Yeah, I would say there were two big ones that inspired me. 
there's the one that got me listening to podcasts that I'm not even listening. Serial got me into listening to podcasts in the first place. Same. The, that first season, I just remember there was two episodes out and I, when I started listening and I was riveted. Um, it was investigative journalism about a true crime from like 20 years ago. And I was just every Friday morning waking up at 7 a.m. before I did anything. Before I got out of bed, I was just hitting play. I had to, you know, hear what was going on. And that got me into the headspace of podcasts, but there were two that really pushed me to think that one, I can do this and it's maybe it's a, a, a an attainable thing to, to do. And there's some good reasoning why I should be doing it. And those were Pat Flynn. I don't listen to him anymore, but at the time um, I was hanging out around a lot of business people. Uh, my friends, Regina and Varick were very big on uh, entrepreneurial you know, ventures. And they were really good about pushing me and um, challenging me and what I could be doing for my business. Um, and so Pat Flynn has, you know, one or two really great episodes that I want to say he was doing like every couple of years, he'd be like, here's how you start a podcast. And I remember listening to him and I was like, man, yeah, the, this isn't so hard. And then right around the same time, friends of the show, I'm glad to finally be able to say Keyshan and Clyde, Key and Clyde uh, started their own podcast and I was listening to theirs and they did a started theirs around pilots, TV pilots. Um, the first episode of a TV show is called the pilot episode. And that's usually in the old days um, what TV shows would get to have a budget and shoot like, oh, we have a great idea. We have a great script. Hey, here's a million dollars. Go shoot your pilot. And if we like it, we'll green light it for a full season. And so they just really loved watching pilots and figuring out, is this a good show? Is it going to turn into something? Does it have legs? Do we like it? Why or why not? And I just was really interested in what they were doing. Uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe this could be something that I could do. Maybe, you know, it, this would be a good way to grow as a filmmaker, maybe formalize my thoughts on films. Um, because every time I'm watching TV commercials, especially movies, I am just analyzing. And I could not turn that part of my brain off. Um, the more I got into you know, deeper into filmmaking, the more I was just analyzing the lighting and why did they choose this kind of lighting setup for the scene and this camera move. Why, how slow is the camera even moving right now? And I'm watching the edges of a frame. And so, and, and then on top of that, I'm a writer. And so I would look at some of the structural things happening in films and uh, setups and payoffs. And so I thought, man, this would be a great way to, to actually formalize my thoughts because I would have all these ideas while watching a movie and then forget them, you know, an hour later, <laughs> there was, uh, that's just me. Like I think and learn and then forget immediately. Um, and so doing the show seemed like a really good way to grow as a filmmaker and have an accountability where I need to not only have ideas, but be able to articulate them into some cohesive idea uh, that is the sum is greater than the, the, individual parts. Um, and that was one of the things that made me say, okay, this would be a good idea for a podcast and maybe also to increase my brand awareness. Maybe even if I wanted to, what at the time I was big on creating a, uh, a school, a film school, online film school that you could pay for classes and, um, Oh, Hey, I, I want to learn how to use, how do I even set an exposure? Here's all the things that goes into that. And what film format should I be shooting with and all these other things. And, how do I edit? And so I was just building out a lot of these courses on how to do these things. How do you make a, a commercial, a simple 
self-made commercial with your phone. And I had like courses for that. And I was like, oh, you know, if I build out an audience through my podcast, this could be something that might interest a fragment of my listeners. And so, yeah, I, that was, I think, the core around where my inspiration originally came from and kind of my thought process along the way with that. Um, and then, of course, vacations are fun. Adventures are fun, you know, by yourself. They're not nearly as fun as if you bring a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, we're on the same wavelength, obviously, with our shirt. If you're watching this on YouTube, yeah. we're basically wearing the same damn shirt. Uh, we, uh, we, I, I mean, I would think that we came from the same mom, honestly. Right. That this is, we are in sync. In fact, you've uh, many times throughout the podcast have guessed my uh, reco yeah, at right. the end of each podcast. Um, which is amazing. And a couple of times it like blew me away, but you, you kind of, you kind of, uh, hinted into my next question in there, which was, which was before, I mean, maybe even after, but before you started the pestle, uh, with me, did you ever listen to podcasts? Like you watch movies as in like, like, how did they make this? Was it, was it ever a thought or was it, because that's how you watch. That's how you watch movies a lot of time. I mean, you can't not because you're a director and and you're a filmmaker, and so you you tend to analyze a lot of stuff. Did you do that with podcasts at all? Yeah, a, a bit. And so, thankfully, because of our industry, and I have a background. Even before I was filmmaking, I was you know into music, and so I would record and create beats and you know make music on my own. So I was very familiar with editing audio, working with audio. Um, which helped a lot in trying to make a good podcast. And so, yeah, I would I would listen to podcasts. And even b way before that, I would listen to the radio. And I would listen to, I think at the time, like in the mid-2000s, I was listening to a lot of Jim Rome. I was heavily into sports. And so I listened to Jim Rome three hours every weekday. Like I was just in it. And I would just pay attention to, yeah, the production side, but also his hosting and the way that he would go about hosting. And this is something that I think you and I could do a better job of even, which is advocating for the listener. Like sometimes you ask a question and the there's this fear that we're embarrassed that we're asking a question because we should know these things. But that's not the point of a good question. The point of a good question is to advocate for our audience. And so I would listen to Jim Rome ask these really silly questions for someone who does sports. Like, you know, how do you define a strike zone? Like, bro, you watch baseball. Do you not know how to define it? No, but he's advocating for the audience. The audience may not know a, a certain thing. And so I would pick up on his hosting and things that he would do, phrases that he would say that are covering for a mistake. So like, instead of saying, or I mean to say, or I, I, meant, I meant to say, uh, you know, X when I said Y, he would use these little phrases that would smoothly cover up, you know, these blemishes like a, uh, uh, if he said X, he would, he would instead say, I should say Y. And by that, I mean, blah, 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 blah. Like it was just this really smooth, corrective way of operating as a, a vocal talent. And so I was always trying to pick up on the nuances of the way he was doing his job, whether he was interviewing someone, covering a segment, bringing in uh, a listener to talk with a listener from, you know, his, his audience. And the way he would talk to the other people in his office. And so I was just kind of picking up on what are the subtleties that he's doing in order to make this, uh, for one, be professional at his job and also to make it a good experience for me, you know, the listener. What are those? And that was before I was even filmmaking. I was kind of, and so I, I, I would say I've always kind of had this 
attitude of picking things apart. Like I wasn't necessarily the kid, you know, breaking wings off butterflies, but uh, I was, you know, very interested in like machinations and um, how things operate, I guess. Well, one more, that's great. One more personal question. We can get deeper into the actual podcast, but, but, you know, I, I know you've always loved film and you can pinpoint some moments, some life moments where that just blew you away, you know, when you were younger, even before anything, you know, I knew you way, you know, before you had a camera and I, I've talked about it on the podcast, I remember you one day telling me you were going to get a camera and I was like, why? I was the total <laughs> jerk. Uh, <laughs> and I'll admit it. I'll, I know. Happy to admit it. Um, uh, Cause that's a, by the way, anybody listening, that's a horrible thing to say to a friend. <laughs> it's a horrible thing but i guess it's not that horrible because it was it was out of the blue but Mm -hmm. at this it to me it was out of the blue but anyway i digress so why film what guided you to this life dedicated to storytelling and i know that you were in you mentioned earlier you were in you uh you were a musician as well and a writer but why film that's a fair question um i grew up out in the country i didn't have access to a tv or at least TV shows. I mean, I had TVs in the house, but if you couldn't pick it up with an antenna, it didn't exist. The only way that I really got to engage in entertainment was through movies. Um, And so you could rent a movie. Um, We, you know, spent way too much money looking back and realizing how poor we were by any modern standard. But I remember as I think a four-year-old, maybe a a three-year-old, my dad bought a VCR. And at the time, I think it cost 400 almost $500, um, which this was early 80s. Yeah. For a poor family living in a single wide trailer, a family of six, that was everything. Like, we really spent all the dollars. And I think at the time, there was other film formats out there, like home formats. I don't know if Betamax was a thing. I still don't really know what a Betamax is, to be completely Bet- honest. It's, it's just it's just a, uh, a same as VHS, only it's smaller. And it records more, oh, but oh, it didn't wow. last, but it did not, last. <laughs> but it didn't last. It's just, it's just like the, what is it? The mini discs. You remember the mini discs? Oh, I remember the mini disc. Yeah. You can't scratch them. They're in a protective thing. They held just as much and yet they don't survive. It's nope, you know. not good. So he bought, he bought a VCR and that opened up a world of entertainment that we can now watch all the movies we you know had friends that record movies you know they'd they'd go rent a movie and they had like a tape to tape player that we could play the rental and record at that same time and they would just stack up this massive library with spreadsheets where you could find every single movie and awesome. spoke to my heart and so we would go over there and just borrow movies all the time um and so there's certain movies that i remember as a sequence of movies <laughs> because it would be stuck on uh, a tape with three other movies and so it'd be like yeah of course you know it's it's aliens and whatever dawson's creek those two things go hand in hand <laughs> or whatever it was <laughs> and so we i watched so many movies and that was uh just the way i i understood entertainment in these 90 to two hour blocks and and so I was always thinking in movie. I was always uh, telling stories. I, I grew up on in the countryside. And so I took the bus to school for most my childhood up until I was like, I don't know, 11 years old when everything kind of went haywire, 11, 12 years old. I rode the school bus every day. And on the in elementary, I remember being on the bus and telling my friends stories. Um, and I would just create these huge random stories. I was just making stuff up and I would try to plan it in advance. I'd be like, 
oh, I'm going to tell this, uh, this horror story. And, um, and then one time I told like this, uh, mob story of this mob family, and that would take weeks and sometimes months to, to tell these stories, you know? And so I, I've always had this storytelling component. I was writing in, in elementary, uh, you know, silly little stories. And, uh, when I got into junior high, Mrs. Toon, uh, my English teacher challenged us to write every single day. You're going to write every day in this class. And by the end of the year, you're going to be writing a full page every single day. And that just pushed all my boundaries. Like, can you imagine as a 12 year old, 11 year old saying, yeah, I'm going to create a page of content every single day. I can't um, imagine as a 42 year old, <laughs> <laughs> but we did. And it started as a sentence. She said, you're going to write, you know, one sentence today. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, and if you need a prompt, there's a prompt on the, the, the blackboard. And so that just got me very comfortable uh, with creating and, and putting it down instead, instead of like keeping it in my head as I was doing in elementary. Um, I got much more comfortable writing it out and, in elementary, I mostly wrote lyrics and poems, and I got more comfortable with, you know, putting my stories to paper in, in junior high. And that just kind of kept growing until I think I realized music was too hard. There's a certain irony in this because I was like, man, the problem with music is you have to do it all by yourself. And I really love the idea of acting because now I could jump from project to project I didn't have to be in charge of creating from scratch through finish an entire album. Like 60 minutes of content is no longer writing on my shoulders. Instead, I can go audition and or I can write a script and ha give it to someone else to, to, to create. But as an actor, I get to pop around. Um, and then the, the the bitter irony now is I'm a writer director. Mm -hmm. So it, it's full circle. And so movies just eventually landed in this atmosphere of it's much more comfortable to collaborate. Uh, it's a lot easier to present your work and to have a bunch of one-off stuff. The, the The pathway looked a lot more tenable than music did because the long-term success, like trying to be whatever, a rapper at 40 years old is insane, um, you know, uh, but being a filmmaker at 40 uh, is a lot more tenable. There's a lot more options uh, for financial viability as well as, uh, just the ability to pull people into your orbit or get into theirs and collaborate. And so, uh, and, and in every way, uh, it just became so satisfying, especially the more I got into it and more I realized, man, there's a thousand stories I want to tell. There's so much about the world that I see and that I want other people to see. And filmmaking just looked obvious. It just, there's no better way, I think. Well, there is a better way. I think music is stronger because you can tell an entire story in two and a half to three minutes that you you need an, an hour and a half to do with a movie. But in, in two and a half minutes, you can make people feel something through the music and you can tell them a story through the lyrics and through implication. Like there is way more power in music than there is in film. But even within that, I think you can tell longer lasting stories that make a, a bigger mark uh, through, through film. That's awesome. Man, great answer. Was there... Was there a moment that you thought, you know what? Yeah, I want to start a podcast. And was that a different moment than you acting on it? It was pretty close. I, with as with most things, I I sat on it probably for several months, and I was it just kind of kept bubbling and percolating until I I finally threw it out to you. And you're always great about adventures. You're always like, yeah, 
<laughs> you know, <that's, laughs> and I was like, okay. My default is yes. Yeah, it really is, which is so cool. Um, and not just because you were my best friend, but that aspect of you made it really easy to, to go to you first. Um, and I had contingency, but I didn't think it, it would be as, uh, as sustainable with other people as it would be with you. And so uh, I don't know if there was a specific point where I was like, I got to do it. I think it was more of a seed that I kind of kept watering in the back of my mind. And at a certain point it burst out of the ground. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. awesome. That's kind of what I assumed. I mean, that's what happens with, with me a lot too. Whenever I'm, I'm, I have an idea about something, but I know it's going to take a lot of work. And I, I question myself, do I really want to do that much work on this? How bad do I want this? And that, and if it keeps coming back up in my mind, a few times, then I usually just say, you know what? All right, let's, let's do it. So it's, that's actually comforting to know that you kind of do the same thing, or at least in this case, you did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so when, when you started it, when we started it, did you have a goal or was it just, let's just do a few and see, you know, what this happens? I mean, was it, did you have a goal or was it just something to do with your bestest friend in the entire world? I had a goal and certainly, you know, the, the bestest friend thing, Absolutely. But I, uh, it's hard for me to not have goals whenever I start out doing something like if I start a weight loss, you know, journey, I, I have a goal of, I want to get to X percent body fat. Uh, or if I'm in the gym, I have a goal. I want to hit three plates on my bench or whatever. And so my goal for the podcast starting out was, uh, this idea of 2000 true fans. And it's a very simple idea of if you can get 2000 true believers that believe in you and, um, like, like you, like what you're creating, you can do almost anything like that can be your, your source of motivation. It can be a source of, you know, opportunity and saying, Oh, I can test out an idea. Is it working? Is it not working? Cause I have 2000 people who believe in me. And if they don't gravitate towards it, then maybe this isn't a very good idea. And so I think you can just accomplish a lot by getting, you know, a, a group of people that believe in you and want to see you succeed and like what you're doing. And so that was my, my, my first goal. And the, the avenue to achieving that goal for me was to provide value. I wanted, and I think this is at the heart of everything that I do in my life, just about, uh, which is to provide value to people and whatever avenue that takes place for the podcast. I wanted to provide as much value as I could to the audience, to the listener. Um, that was, I think, our strong proposition and what I wanted to focus on while, while running the show, because I didn't want to harvest other people's ideas and regurgitate them as my own. Um, that's, that's not very valuable. That stuff already exists. It's out there. And so people probably notice that I, I tend to go away from common trains of thought. Like if, for covering a Fincher film, I don't want to cover all the stuff. He's been picked apart already. I don't want to cover all the things people already know about him. I want to see what else is making his films tick uh, because I think his hidden, uh, him in particular, his hidden talent is script writing. Um, he doesn't actually write scripts, but he directs the writer in a way that makes their scripts 10 times better. That's a reason. There's a reason why Aaron Sorkin's scripts are much better in the hands of David Fincher than they are in the hands of Aaron Sorkin. He's an excessively mediocre director, but he's an incredible writer. He just doesn't know how to get the most out of his own talent. Um, and that's wild. And so I want to look at Fincher and what he's doing, whatever. And so providing that kind of value, I think, is what elevates us as much as we are 
thought or as much as I think we elevate uh, the show as possible, I think it comes from that idea of let me provide value. So if we if we ask, you know, for money or something, I always want to make sure I'm not just doing it, you know, so that I can get something. I always want to make sure I'm trying to provide something first. Um, and if I don't think it's worth the the listener and worth their time, then I try to truncate that as much as possible. What's going to create value for the listener and whether that's, you know, value through entertainment or through knowledge, it's got to be one or the other or else I just try not to include it in the show. Cool. Cool. How did you, when you've decided to get this going, how did you start gathering info to even begin? Like, where do you begin? You know, I went through and started, <laughs> I basically pestled a bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went through and there's, there's a link um, that I'm going to provide in the show notes. And that's right now at the bottom of our, our show document that I just went through uh, websites and started like trying to find out what is everyone advising if you're going to start a podcast? And so I went through a bunch of how-to guides and I kind of collected and distilled the bullet points of everything people are trying to advise. Uh, and so I started with uh, Pat Flynn. He has a site called smartpassiveincome.com and I'll link his show in that episode, assuming it's still around, which it probably is. If it isn't, he's redirecting it to something because he is that detail focused, mm -hmm. but I was like, okay, so what is everybody saying? And um, I went through and collected notes from him, how podcasting roads, he has a little roadmap, you know, because it's not push button easy, but once it's set up, it's easy to maintain. And right now I'm literally reading off my, my notes. You're going to record an episode. You're going to spit out an MP3. You're going to add ID3 tags. You're going to upload it to your host. And then you're going to create an RSS feed and submit that to directories like iTunes and Google Play or whatever. And then you need five core things before you even begin recording. And what are those things? And what are the notes from another site? And it's like, here's equipment and software you might need. And it's funny, all this stuff, stuff, I would say half of it I already knew, but I try not to assume I know everything, which might, you know, confound our listeners. I really don't believe I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I, I think I'm never the smartest person in any room, but even though I knew some of these things, I wrote it down anyway. Right. It's like, I just want to check myself. Like what are they? And so like equipment and software, the mics that they're recommending and accessories that they're recommending, the mixers they liked, the recorders that they liked, their recording tips, like have consistent mic placement, which will create consistent sound. Make sure you level your sound and make sure it's not peaking when you level it. Mm -hmm. Show length, introduction, your intro, your outro, your you know, website. Do you, are you going to have a website? Are you going to include that URL in, in the episode? And if so, you need to know what that is before you record the episode. And so are you going to have different segments? What do those segments look like? Are you going to have daily content thing? Like we have a, a quote of the day and that's, that's inspired by Pat Flynn. Cause at the end of his episodes, he would have a quote of the day. And I was like, I like that. I'm going to do it in our way. Like he has it in his way and we're going to do it in our way. Um, and I think, our way is really, really fun. I enjoy that. Um, and so I just kind of kept, and again, I'll link my document so that if anybody wants to, to feed off of it, but I just kind of kept making notes. I put it in our Slack channel. I created a Slack channel <laughs> that uh -huh. Todd and I could look on and, you know, have shortcuts. And if you go to the very, very top of it, you'll find all the stuff that's still in there. All the stuff that I was learning. Um, I also asked key and Clyde for their, their tips. They were already doing it. So I was like, even though I'm a filmmaker and, and a lot of this 
isn't so distant from what I do. I once again wanted to make sure I'm not overlooking anything. And so I was like, Hey, what advice can y'all give me? And they sent me a document and some, some ideas and notes. And like, so I took notes on their notes and went through a bunch of other places. And so it was just a collection of, of data. And then once I kind of ran through it 50 times in my head, I was like, okay, what do I want our show to look like? What's going to make it ours? Not how can we imitate someone else? You know, Oh, I like what they're doing. I'm just going to do what they do. No, this is the Wes and Todd podcast. What makes it Wes and Todd? What are our personalities? And so for me, the, the structure of the show kind of spawned out of that. If spawned is a fun word. Um, yeah. <laughs> it sounds devious. And so for me, it really kind of began with introducing ourselves. And so we kind of redundantly make sure people know what this show is about. And the, the audio intro, I wanted it to be a voice that wasn't ours. So at least one time in the show people would hear a voice that wasn't Todd and Wes. And so that's the intro. And it's more fun to have a, a voiceover artist recording silly commentaries on the film industry. And that's just my, and what I really love about that is I I get to write all these stupid, you know, phrases and jabs without having to say it. Like I can, I can take a jab at Ridley Scott's Prometheus without uh -huh. taking a direct jab. Like I can filter it through comedy um, and I can make a jab at Marvel, even though I would give my right arm to make a movie for Marvel. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so it's all in jest. It's all in fun, but it's also often some layer of, you know, humor uh, to make the audience laugh. And then I kind of double down on that whenever I pop on it's uh, through uh, a faux sponsor, right? It's something that doesn't exist. And that's just another way to start off the show with humor because the, the rest of the show doesn't have a lot of humor in it. Like we're not focused on humor. We'll make jokes, but they're 100% or at least 80% like off the top of our head. Every once in a while, I'll plan a joke, uh, but <laughs> you it's, will. yeah, I will, but uh, it's pretty rare. I like to, you know, just try to stay focused on what we do and any humor is completely mm -hmm. spontaneous. Things that drive me nuts in other shows is like all this bad humor where people are laughing when they're not, you can hear fake laughter. Like when you and I laugh at each other, it's genuine. Like, but mm. when I hear whatever the Fox sports, uh, Sunday show with all those guys, they are just fake laughing for two hours straight. And it just gets under my skin um, because I don't believe you. You're not really laughing. You're trying to present this happy face and it's not infectious. It's, it's annoying to me. And so I like authenticity. I really highly value authenticity as a, uh, in everything um, that I, that I do, whether it's in creation or uh, through conversation, like authenticity means a lot to me. And so the, the intro and the, the sponsor are, are I think part of our stamps. This is what makes our show our show. And it's also film related, right? Uh, uh, the Imps Delight, right? That's, that's a film reference. If you understand where that's coming from, like there's an extra layer of humor to, you know, to it. And if you don't, who cares? It's, you know, five seconds that it takes me to read that. And it makes, maybe it makes you curious or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I, I have no idea other than it satisfies a certain creative hitch in me to write something unique and individual for every single episode is, is nice. It's a way to kind of flex my, my writing in a silly way. Yeah. And so I love it. Yeah. I just take notes and I study other shows and I figured out what's going to be individual and unique to us that I don't think is out there already, you know? I'd, yeah. Yeah. 
And that's the point. And that's like, I think the biggest point of what you're saying is to anybody listening is, is that just because cereal is successful doesn't mean that you need to emulate exactly that. Or just because Jim Rohn's podcast is successful doesn't mean you have to emulate that. Do you, if you're a funnier person, you know, then, then gear your show around you speaking about something that you could actually, you know, be funny about or, or vice versa. If you're serious, you know, then set it up a different way. But I love that. That's awesome. Could we talk for just a second uh, about our setups? Yeah. What your setup is like and what my setup is like and then how we, because, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've been doing this remotely. And then now I, I live on the West Coast and you're in Austin. So we're having to maintain this this remote thing. And so maybe run through your setup. I'll run through mine. Yeah. So on my end, and I am the host in this frame of reference because Todd sends me his audio and therefore I need to have everything set up so that I can insert his audio into my workflow because I'm going to be doing all the post work and the editing. And so I probably have, uh, I wouldn't say I'm more complicated because you, you're doing some complex stuff over there um, and your audio sounds 10 times better than mine. But from a high level, I have a blue Blueberry microphone. Uh, I think it's like a thousand dollar mic. It's a holdover from my musician days. And I have a, I don't know, a table stand. I want to get like you have this. Uh, I, I don't know what the, your your mic stand is called, but I like that setup. Boom and, arm. Yeah, a boom arm. Thank you. Um, I want. I'd love to have that. I don't know if I could get it to clamp right, but it looks so much more convenient than this. You know, massive metal chunk on my desk um, <laughs> but i have that and i have a zoom h6 that's capturing my audio and i run an xlr cable from my blueberry into my zoom the zoom h6 is kind of nice it's expensive i think uh maybe at this point it's three or four hundred i think i paid close to six hundred for it um there's cheaper ways you don't need this um and i'm sure we'll get into the bare necessities here in a minute but for what i'm running it works great because there's knobs so that i can in real time once i hit record i can still adjust my level if i think i'm too loud or too quiet or if i think todd is too loud or quiet in my my headphones i can adjust him in real time and that's nice and so i have my xlr run terminating from my mic to the zoom i also have another cable running from my laptop into my zoom so that i can capture all like the show intro i can capture i can capture the sound bites we play at the beginning of an episode so that i just know where that is i swap it out for higher quality pot, uh, audio and post um, which is a bit of a headache but the the problem is todd's audio runs directly into and mixes with my computer all computer audio and so if todd uh, and I are making jokes while background, you know, audio is playing. I, I can't use that audio anymore. And so it's just easier to swap that out in post regardless. Um, and it's just better audio uh, because it's the original source. And then, of course, I have uh, my Bose headphones that are running from uh, my my Zoom into my uh, my face. <laughs> <laughs> But but I also, uh, software-wise, I'm running three things at this moment. I have Skype, where you and I are talking right now. Skype runs into, it dumps into uh, Ecamm Live, um, which allows me to do this picture-in-picture side-by-side for the video portion we upload to YouTube. And so that is just so much easier than trying to capture video separately. And it also 
I don't know, saves us money because this is free. The version, I think, I think it's free. I forget. I've spent money on so many things over the years. Um, it's hard to, hard to keep track. But Skype is not costing me anything. Um, it takes a token that spits into Ecamm in order to sync them up. And then I also am running a third thing called Loopback. And Loopback, son of a, oh, that's funny. Uh, it's not currently active, uh, which is fine because we're not playing a soundbite. Yeah, I didn't hear it. You didn't hear the intro? Mm-mm, I was trying to tell you, but... Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was in La La Land. It's um, okay. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was the one that says Todd who completes Wes. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so Loopback uh, allows me to reroute audio so that Todd can hear what I hear whenever I'm playing back things like the introduction that he did not hear. But also if I want to play a soundbite, no matter where I play it from, uh, whether I'm playing it from YouTube, my computer, laptop, QuickTime, or Finder, if you hit spacebar in, in a MacBook, uh, pops up a preview so that you don't actually have to open QuickTime. So wherever I want to listen to audio, Todd can hear it and I can hear it at the same time. Um, and it also allows me to capture his audio without overlaying my own audio so that as a failsafe, if for some reason Todd's audio uh, doesn't work and it is corrupt, which has happened, which has happened. I'm able to capture his audio and, and use that as a failsafe. And it still sounds good because you run your, your mic audio into your laptop. Whereas I am not, he is hearing my audio through my laptop's uh, microphone, which isn't as good. And do you hear whenever I'm like clicking on things? Is it like, Oh yeah. It's insanely loud. No, it's not insanely loud, but it, but I hear it. Okay, sorry. I, I don't hear it. No, no, no. I, I don't hear it as much now as I used to. Okay, hopefully. Yeah, so I've I've tinkered with trying to run my my mic through my computer. It's a massive setup. I don't know why I can't like simplify it, but it becomes this really big headache with a lot of points of failure. And so I tend to shy away from it. It's never bothered me. Okay, well, that's good to know. Like uh, yeah. that would, I yeah. If it ever really like gets gets into you like oh yeah don't worry i i just don't want you like stressed out in the middle of trying to have a conversation <laughs> no 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 um um so is, oh is that it yeah that's that's pretty much it so what are you what are you running over there yeah i was gonna say so i have uh sm7b which is i guess it you know very typical is that a sure yeah sure sm7b is a very typical dynamic microphone and uh, for anybody listening dynamic microphone would be best as opposed to like a um, condenser microphone, which will pick up a lot of like mouth stuff and stuff you don't want. That's really annoying. It'll pick up somebody starting a car, you know, like two blocks away. Really a dynamic microphone is great because it's very directional. You have to talk into it. If I speak off like this, I go away and, and speaking into it, it's like, it's noticeable. Um, so it, it's able to cancel out a lot of other stuff. Uh, and then I, you know, have this little boom which you don't have to have, but I have, and I'm running into a bunch of gear, right? I have a bunch of gear in front of me, but really what this is directly going into is an Apollo twin, a universal audio Apollo twin interface that then goes into my, my computer. And that's it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm as for capture software, I'm running studio one. I used to be pro tools and logic. And then I went to studio one. It's just so much easier and I love it. Um, and then whenever we're done recording, I, put on a little bit of fluff, right? I have a de-esser, um, which takes a little bit of the harshness off my S's. I have a little bit of a lisp, so it helps a little bit. I have this plugin called Soothe 2 that that also helps a little bit. 
this one knob fatter. It's called a fatter plugin that I put to kind of like give my voice a little bit of girth. <laughs> and then some EQ. Um, EQ is first. But, what a man thing to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and that's and that's it. And then I bounce that, uh, send it to Wes. But there's um, there's a little bit of uh, there's also a gate on my voice too. So if they're you know kids are screaming, if they're screaming loud, you'll hear it. But if they're not screaming that loud, if they're just like in the other room or like walking around, it kind of the gate kind of cuts it what off. Is, yeah. I'm what does the gate mean? Oh yeah. Sorry. So uh, so a gate is it operates kind of like how a, like a normal gate actually would. Is it, is it open or is it closed? And when I'm talking, it's open, meaning that you can hear my, my voice. If I'm not talking, it's closed, meaning it cuts everything out. And you can set thresholds to say, okay, anything, anything above negative 30 dB, I want the gate to open. You can also set how fast you want it to open, if you want it to open slow or if you want it to open really fast. So if I set it, uh, what's called a hard knee, which is if it's 29 negative, if it's negative 31 decibels, it's closed. If it's negative 30, it's open. Like that's a hard knee, meaning like you hear nothing or you hear your voice. A soft knee would be, it starts to open slowly over, you know, 10, 20 decibels, right? So you just do a hard knee um, and you set it pretty low and then, and you're fine. You can just play with it, but Huh. Uh, and then that's what I do. And then I send it to Wes and then I forget about it and all the magic happens. <laughs> magic indeed, um, sir. But to this point, like, what would you, what would you recommend someone actually buy in order to start the podcast? Like what is necessary as opposed to like what we have? Yeah, I would say you want a decent mic, but you really don't have to go spend $300, $400. Like I bet at this point there's really good mics for under a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And I would probably avoid anything that's cheaper than like 20 or 30 bucks. Um, you're just, the resonance isn't going to be there. You're probably going to, maybe it'll break. I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, if you look for a minimum of 40 or 50 bucks, you'll probably find some good stuff and you'll find some really great stuff at a hundred bucks. One of the oldest working greatest microphones ever made, right? It was the was it was that the sure 98 what's the the sm58 yeah like yeah. that's that's an incredible mic and it's 100 bucks like i don't know what it's running for right now i mean inflation's probably screwing up all my numbers but um, no, it's probably around there it's I probably it's still, still around there. there yeah like that's one of the most time-tested mics out there and you can have that and just throw whether it's a filter in front or even on top you could probably find some kind of microphone filter to to kill your plosives right the p's and the puzz and that's these little blasts of air that Todd was just talking about uh because yeah I have a pop filter on on my mic as well just to kind of help cut down some of those mouth noises uh that Todd was talking about so I would say that's a minimum requirement good sound sound is important uh if you're going to splurge at any point in your entire setup sound do it on your sound um, I hear way too many podcasts that I feel like I suffer through that have really just mediocre sound and it's so frustrating. And then the next thing you'll probably need uh, is a way to capture audio. Now this could be any number of things and there are cheap ways and there are expensive ways. Uh, Todd and I are probably on the more, you're certainly on the more expensive way, uh, yeah. but you're a musician and you record audio. So that's second nature to you. But you can have something as simple as an external recorder. Zoom has a old H4N. You can probably get for 40 or 50 bucks at this point used on Craigslist or uh, eBay or something. And it has XLRs that you can terminate into. Uh, there's 
simple ways that you could capture with your with your laptop. A good mic running into your laptop is still going to give you pretty good quality. Now, it could always be better. There's always better ways of capturing your your audio. And so you're just looking for, hey, let me get started. Don't don't be the kid who shows up to baseball with all the best gear and and thinks that's that's what it takes to be a good baseball player. Like get the bare minimums and figure out is this something you're going to be good at and something you enjoy and then save the expensive stuff for later whenever you hit a milestone like 50 episodes, 100 episodes and say if I can make it to this point, whatever it is, then I'll I'll splurge the extra 2-300 bucks. Like don't come out the gate thinking the best gear is going to make the best show. That's not where you want to spend your time and money. Certainly not your your time. But the the next thing is a way to edit. Like at some point you you just need to edit it. I don't think you want to take that entire raw file, uh, which is probably going to be a WAV file, way too large, and upload that directly into a a, a host because there's file limit sizes uh, with all these hosting services. And so you're going to want a way to edit it and to spit out an MP3. Uh, for me, I use Premiere Pro. That's just because it's easy, but there's a lot of free stuff out there. I haven't used that stuff in ages, but I assume Audacity is still out there. And it is. Um, what other free software programs would you recommend for editing audio? Yeah. So if you have a Mac, GarageBand is free, comes mm-hmm. with the Mac. It's fantastic. I mean, every everybody talks about Logic. GarageBand is just as good, uh, <laughs> to be honest. It's 90% of what Logic is. And in it, you'll have plugins that are stock that are great, like a gate. You'll have uh, compressors, you'll have uh, EQs, you'll have all, all the stuff to help your sound in post because it's one thing to just record this the audio. It's another thing to actually like, you know, give a little bit of, of, of zhuzh. And as you know, if you're doing a podcast, audio is everything, as Wes said. So that, and then if you have a PC, Audacity is great. I mean, there are others, but Audacity, you just cannot fail with that program. It's it's so great. Nice. Well done. I that all sounds great. Uh, and in doing all that stuff, using software means you can also level your audio. Like, get it. I mean, there's a lot. There's a thousand ways to, to approach this. I usually aim to peak at around negative six. If I was really on my game, I would really aim to peak at like zero. <laughs> um, but I, you don't need it that loud. You really don't need it that loud. My only goal is to try to make sure anyone who's listening to it isn't saying, Oh, it's not loud enough. Yeah. Like that's super annoying because at a certain point, the listener can only make things so loud. And so you want to avoid instead, if you can make them want to turn it down a few notches, that's good. Um, that means now they're in control of the leveling. And I think at the end of the day, you want to try to as much as possible, put the control in the hands of your audience. And you can do that by leveling your audio, finding out, uh, and, and you do that by testing it all, test your setup, record, you know, three minutes and figure out like, Hey, how's my mic placement? How's my sound leveling? Do I need to, you know, increase the leveling uh, while recording? Or can I focus on like just doing that in post? Because if you, if you do it too much in post, you, you might increase a lot of uh, ambient noise, right? If you don't have some of these tools that Todd's talking about, or you don't know how to use some of these tools, um, like noise gates and limiters, then you might just pump the audio so much that all you hear is you hear your voice, but you also hear all this static noise, this ambient audio. And that's not good either. So 
testing your setup is going to be really important to see if I sound professional. Do I sound clear? Yeah. And also, also where you track is important too. I have a, if you're watching on YouTube, I have a treated room with sound absorbers and everything. And it makes a huge difference. If you just walk into a normal room and you record, your actual voice could sound good, but you're hearing it bounce off the walls and it just makes it sound like you're in an echo chamber. And no matter what you do, no matter what, how tight you make a gate, it's still going to sound like you're in, you're in a, an empty room, essentially. So uh, a lot of times, whenever I, I'll do like um, vocals here uh, for a track or if I didn't have a treated room, I go into a closet. It's a, I mean, it, it sounds funny, but the best sounding... I, a closet with clothes in it will rival any sound booth at any studio. It really will. You have an SM58. You have a decent mic pre. I mean, that could be a Zoom, uh, a newer Zoom probably, or like an Apollo Twin, which, you know, is a little bit expensive. And it will it will rival uh, a lot of a lot of uh, studios. So get re- get resourceful, you know, then you don't need a whole lot to do that. 100%. Yeah. That's so right on the money. Yeah. And avoid things that are very reflective, like hardwood, um, tiles. Tiles are the worst. We recorded one episode that unfortunately I was in a tile room without my mic. Uh, it's the Matrix episode. Um, oh. I did it on the road and uh, the MacBook has a decent mic because I have the new, whatever the new 2021 M1. version. Yeah, the, the M1 MacBook Pro maxed out, blah, blah, blah with the rear whammy bar and all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, I, I ended up renting a, a Airbnb that had all this. It was just nothing but tile. And I understand why they did that. It's easier to clean or whatever. Um, but it made for a terrible recording experience. Um, it was just echoey the entire time. And I still feel really terrible about it. But, you know, what do, what you, do? you do? What do you do? What do you <laughs> and do? So, yeah, I, you're absolutely right. Like right now I'm recording in my bedroom and I have this huge bed, right? That's killing a lot of uh, the bounce, the carpeted floors that are killing the bounce. And so, yeah, whatever you can do yeah. to kind of kill echo um, and deaden the audio in the room uh, is going to be to your benefit. Good call. Um, Yeah. yeah, So I would say those are kind of the minimums. Now you could always add more onto that. Uh, Do you want a website? Now that gets into like the post-production side. Um, I don't know if that's a little soon to jump into, but um, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of other gears and things that you can play with. Cool. Awesome. So once you, once we started this, uh, I'm going to try to run through these, but, but once you started, we started this, right? And you had this feeling of like, okay, we're in the flow. I, I know what I'm doing. I get it. What were some of the, the biggest hiccups that you encountered throughout it? Uh, either before the first episode, you know, getting ramped up to, or even along the way, what were some of the, the hiccups? Yeah, I would say the first hiccups are just about kind of, it's hard. Hard getting it up and running. There's so much front end work. Once that's all taken care of, it's pretty smooth selling. You get very regimented and you know, okay, I need XYZ and you kind of get into a, a mode. Um, and I spend probably because I, I, you know, I like to be polished. I spend probably 10 to 15 hours a week on each episode, but getting set up was such a headache. Uh, there was, so Pat Flynn said, there's five things you should prepare before you begin recording, Right your podcast titles. So you need this for your search engine. You got to create that, which uh, means also figuring out your show format, creating like an outline for your show and 
why is that there? Why are you doing what you're doing? And and then with your show, your podcast title, and that for us, that's the Pestle Podcast, right? Film reviews, no spoilers or something like that. And that's going to be used for iTunes, right? That's what you're submitting to all these directories, these podcast directories. And that's how people are going to find you. You're, so you want kind of keywords, like what are the things people are looking for? Um, if you have a show called The the Pestle, it doesn't really tell you much about the show that's more creative. And so it was, it was kind of important to add on uh, some descriptors for the show within the title itself. But you don't want to go crazy, right? You don't want to turn it into this 50 word, you know, escapade, like pick a few quick things that gives uh, the idea. You also got to create little bios, right? Who are, Who's your host? And what's a short blurb that describes who they are? Wes Evans, uh, writer, filmmaker, whatever, jerk, Todd, musician, athlete, uh, saint, you know, or whatever. Uh, and so you're going to need that. You're going to need a podcast subtitle, right? That probably doesn't show up in many places, uh, but it's there as a way to kind of reaffirm and expound on what your show is really about. You're going to need some kind of summary description uh, for the show as well. Uh, and that's a much bigger description um, and summary. So if you go on our show, it's like Cinema Lovers Unite or whatever. I was just trying to think of every movie thing and uh, synonym that I could throw at and create complete sentences. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that was the idea behind that. Um, so you want to be engaging, descriptive, uh, and try to insert keywords there um, and keep that. You're going to need to use that in all your submission forms when you're submitting to directories. You're also going to need artwork, which is only going to come after you've thought up, what is my show about? How does it operate? Um, what's the title? And then once you kind of understand all these things, now you can go into getting artwork. You're going to need that for all the directories like iTunes. If you look at our, our podcast running on your phone right now, you see our thumbnail. Um, we had to have that commissioned. Uh, we're, we're not artists in that way. <laughs> uh, I'm certainly not. Uh, maybe you have this hidden talent that I don't know about, but nope. Um, nope. I, couldn't, I couldn't draw you know uh, anything. And so I think we hired uh, 99 Designs at the time. Um, mm. And we spent a couple, two or 300 bucks you know, getting that created for us. And that's going to be good to as part of your brand, right? Brand recognition. But just creating that itself takes a lot of work because it needs to be big. Like you need to, to have it in, I don't know, 3000 by 3000 square JPEG or PNG file. Uh, maybe it's bigger now. Maybe it's 5,000, you know, square pixels or whatever. It's got to be big, but it has to be optimized so that when you squeeze it down into like 150 by 150, you still know what it is. Yeah. And so your letters can't be these tiny, crazy things, right? It has to be optimized and that takes artistry. Um, and so you need it in a variety of scales for all these other purposes. And then I think uh, that was probably the biggest hurdle is just figuring the setup, figuring the format out. And then once we had that up and going, there's not been that many major hurdles uh, or hiccups. The one we just talked about with your audio, for whatever reason, one time, this has only happened, I want to say, uh, where you, it just didn't record. And I luckily had built a contingency so that we had redundant audio being recorded. And if mine failed, I have one more redundancy, which is my video software is recording all of our audio uh, together. And so there is multiple levels of failure built in uh, that we can allow for without losing anything other than a little bit of quality, which 
are we quality in the first place, yeah, people? Yeah. <laughs> mine mine recorded, it was just all messed up. The bit rate got messed up and whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, it was unusable. Uh, for sure. And then we had one time where there was a playback issue on the site. Like the uh-huh. the podcast just wasn't playing. And Joe, luckily our buddy Joe from Down Under, Down Under, like caught it and he was like, Hey, I just there's something wrong with the the pestle. It's it's you know, it's not loading the audio. And I was able to jump in and fix that within minutes. And so I couldn't tell you what the problem was. I'm just glad Joe uh, exists and he's on yeah. our team. <laughs> <laughs> so um, many reasons. Brad. Yeah, so many reasons. Um, and then cool. remote recording, I think, became another hiccup that we've already kind of talked through how we got around that, like th- using Skype and Loopback and Ecamm Live. Um, those are the biggest ones. Minor inconveniences pop up, stuff like scheduling right? That's my biggest anxiety uh, on a weekly basis is just the scheduling, man. Producer has stuff. I just effing hate being a producer, but so it is. So it goes, you deal. And then sometimes uh, this is much more West specific. Sometimes I need to watch a movie three or four times. (laughs) That's a hiccup (laughs) and it's not fun, but uh, I've gotten better. I think at at that part of the, of of the game. Yeah. Cool. Do you have any favorite episodes so far? Yeah, uh, I have a few. I would say 13th has been my favorite one because for so many reasons, important film. I think we have a really important discussion. I have some friends that give some incredible stories that I'm so thankful that they shared. But also on top of all that, um, I'm really proud of my analysis because that's maybe the only episode where I don't have a single note. And I think I'm delivering some of, uh, if not my actual strongest analysis and and I would say that movie itself is the reason that we have a podcast, um, because that was the first movie I ever did uh, a very a very thorough analysis where I just kind of watched it and started screen capturing parts, and I was like, oh, this is interesting what they're doing here or what Ava's doing here and there. Um, so that was a favorite episode. I have a, a couple favorites that I learned so much from that I didn't expect. I am Legend and A Quiet Place Part Two. Uh, I didn't, if you listen to those episodes, I wasn't crazy about those movies. I love, I am legend. I've watched it a million times, but there's things about it. I, I couldn't put my thumb on, uh, my finger on until we did that analysis. So those were really great because I was just able to discover missing ingredients. I felt like that could have made these, you know, decent movies into great movies and especially a quiet place part two, because only watched that once and i thought my analysis on that was pretty you know fantastic given that i i didn't need to take you know a lot of notes by repeating the viewing um and then blade runner 2049 was that was one of my you know mm-hmm. i was gonna say that so good just talking to chris and cassie was uh just a highlight and then there were some surprise findings like do the right thing the departed uh seven avengers infinity war surprised me with some of the things that I found in those, especially seven, because that one had been haunting me for ages. And so I was really happy uh, with that one. But really, I would say all of our shows with our friends um, are just highlights for me, like nothing better than having Joe on an episode and and talking with him like uh, those are any of our friends, Dave and uh, Key and Clyde, Joe uh, Parsons, um, Scott, like all of those. Do you have any personal favorites? Uh, well, definitely the Blade Runner one, Blade Runner 2049 for sure. I loved also Underwater versus Sunshine when we did that. Um, that little 
the little ditty there yeah. just because watching those back to back was such an experience one being so you know only underwater the other being only in space um i also loved uh the matrix that we did and honestly i mean there's a lot i, I loved uh where was it where was it moana was fun and i was thinking about that one last night and this morning and because whenever you sent me this question uh i was like well let me load up all the episodes because uh i i can't remember and moana was episode 35 that was just over four years ago that was march 18 2018 and that blows my mind that feels like we recorded it like a year ago yeah i'm like i was in i was in the bradley house i was in that first house i think yeah it's crazy uh, uh, yeah what others another life uh i mean you know there are a few others i loved sunset limited because just we had so much to say on that and and it follows because i love that movie it's one of my favorite horror films um yeah. for a lot of reasons uh so yeah yeah dude nice i'm about to read yeah. that screenplay i'm just curious how that's oh my reads. gosh yeah, i bet it's amazing that. um all right, I have a few more, but okay. I don't want this to be like, you know, a super long episode. So I want to get as much out of you as I, as I possibly can. So you mentioned about your prep a little bit. Mm-hmm. You started talking about that. Can you give a, a like a, a quick kind of synopsis of how you prep for an episode? Like what is, you said you spend 15 to 20 hours per week or 12 to 15. How do you break those down? Yeah. So how do we prep an episode for release? It's there's three main phases, right? Recording, editing, posting, and I'll just blast right through all this. So for the recording, right? First, I got to prep for that. I watch a movie a couple of times. I take notes. I organize my notes right before we go on to air so that everything's fresh. I, if I have notes that are a week old, I'm going to forget the point that I was trying to make. And suddenly <laughs> it looks like a hieroglyph. Um, and then, of course, I need to export the intro audio, right? The the, the opening that everyone hears with the music. Um, I export that. I find a soundbite, preferably relevant from the movie, this clip that speaks to something that we're going to discuss. I create a show document with an outline that you and I can both look at. So every single episode and I'll... I'll post last week's, right? Aliens. I'll post that in the show notes that if anybody wants to look at how we structure our show, that'll give you an insight into what that looks like. And so that we're able to look at during the show, the same things and be on the same page about any minor things that happen. And it's just good to be regimented that way, I think, right? I got to create the full sponsor. I got to add the rundown of what we're going to cover. I We confirm what we're covering next week, which is a great way to keep us on track. I think that's one of our strongest things that we do uh, that that compels us to do the next episode. We have to decide right now before we record what we're going to do next. Great and, point. And now we don't have to spitball for the next week or whatever. It's like, nope, it's already decided. This is what's happening. And that creates a sense of momentum, I think, for us. And then I find a relevant quote of the day, preferably something that's topical um, to what we were discussing, the film. Um, and then, of course, we sit down, record. Uh, we do a slap track at the very beginning to to sync our audio with the video so that whenever I pull this all into post, um, because you're recording at a different time than I'm recording, uh, the video is a way for us to sync our audio together uh, because my audio is recording externally from my video. Um, and so that's a classic film technique, right? Is just a, a clap track. And then the editing, once we're done, I try to templatize everything that I can where possible. So I'm not creating from scratch a brand new sequence. Uh, if you look at the our YouTube channel, right, you see that we have an overlay, right, that has our, our Instagram handles and we have a thumbnail with our logo. 
I've created that into um, a, a video template in Premiere so that all I got to do is duplicate my template and then start filling in information. This is episode 186, how to podcast. And then I open up the video sequence, drop in our, our data, right? Here's the video, here's the audio, I sync it. And now all I got to do is edit. And for editing, I'm just looking at removing uhs and ums, redundant dialogue. My goal with editing our podcast is to tighten it, to make us and guests sound a little bit smarter than we actually are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the reason for that really is to keep the thought flowing and easier to, to digest. If we constantly are uhs and umming, you can start to lose the train of thought in your mind as the listener. And if I remove that stuff, the train of thought is much cleaner and so you're going to process and digest it the way we intended it, not the way we delivered it. And those are two different things. And editing uh, is so much more important in order to accomplish that. And so I highly encourage editing. Not necessary. Not everyone does it. Maybe not everyone cares as far as listeners go. I care. It drives me nuts when I'm listening to shows that don't edit their stuff. And I'm listening to a host. Like my favorite podcast is The Reason Roundtable. It's the editors of The Reason Magazine's Libertarian Podcast. And they never edit. Like every once in a while, they'll edit. And I'm so thankful. But they never edit. And there's two of their hosts that just uh and um the entire time. And I'm, I'm tempted every week, every single week, to edit everything but those uhs and ums and send it to them. <laughs> to say that this is what you're making me sit through. <laughs> you should. I, 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 might, I might do that. I might finally break and do it because of this episode. But... At the end of it, I realize I've, I usually trim close to five or six minutes of, of stuff. And if you think about it in another way, I'm saving each person five to six minutes of their life. Yeah. <laughs> Not just making the show better, but I'm saving that. And if you extrapolate for, you know, if we get a thousand listeners, that's 5,000 minutes of earth time that I've saved people that I like. Because if you listen to our show, yeah. I like you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So from there, I also try to remove anything. We get way wrong or misspeak right. Anything that's worded poorly that just didn't represent ourselves in the best light or anything that strays too far off topic that would be off-putting for the listener. That's tough because I don't like censoring. That goes very much against our beliefs. But at the same time, I want to protect our our image. And so that becomes very difficult. There's a, a sequence in the Dra Girl with the Dragon Tattoo episode that I really weighed for like two or three days do I cut this sequence? Do I not? At the end of the day, I thought we do just enough, even if not perfectly, in order to get ourselves across. And I left it in. But I really try not to edit you out because I don't want to censor your voice. And so if I edit you, it's because I really, really, really think this is for the best for everyone. And and so I'm much more ju judicious uh, with you than I am with me. I cut, I hack myself apart. I'm like, Wes, you idiot. Wes, you idiot. Don't say that. Um, <laughs> and there's times where I just get it wrong. I fact check myself or whatever. And so once all that's kind of done, I export an MP3 at 80 kilobytes per second or kilobits. And that's because the file size has gone up since we've upgraded our, our hosting. Um, it used to be closer to like 56 kbps and for video it's h264 and i usually do like 15 megabytes uh, per second and that's fine for posting um, once i export the mp3 i add metadata it's called id3 tags and i add like the title the description the url all into the mp3 file and i use id3 editor for that it's like five bucks or something like that. And, and it's been great. Uh, it's really, really simple and easy. Um, and it's another one of those kind of templatized things. 
uh, that's just regimented now. And then I got to create a re- uh, three separate things uh, for the show. I create a web page right at the end of every episode. It's thepestlepodcast.com slash how to podcast. And so I need to create that page that you will go to. And that gives me, I need to make a title, a short description of the episode, in which case I'm trying to work in any puns or entertaining references where possible to kind of keep the, the lightheartedness um, and fun going. Uh, I got to get trailers for our recommendations or create two images for each episode um, that have small file sizes. Even if they're large files, uh, the resolution is big. So I'm looking at ways to squeeze those images down so that whenever you go to the web page, it loads fast. You can't have these two megabyte files. And then uh, those also serve as like the uh, the video thumbnail that I use for YouTube, but that's a separate third image um, because that has other data that I put on it. Then of course I upload the MP3 to the website um, that has a widget for Blueberry. We host with Blueberry. Um, and instead of uploading directly to Blueberry, they have a widget that you can use in WordPress. So I upload it to Blueberry through WordPress through our, our plugin. And then of course I add any relevant show notes. So while I'm editing, I'm listening to see if I need to correct anything, fact check myself, say, oh, I screwed that up. Hopefully people are looking at the, uh, the show notes to see Wes screwed up a thing and he's correcting himself um, in the show notes um, because that happens from time to time. Almost never, right? Oh, never, I'm no. almost perfect. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, or link anything that we're referencing to, right? So like last week, there's a we talk about James Cameron and there's this apocryphal story about him pitching aliens. And so I did a quick fact check. Is this real or is it not? Well, guess what? Uh, there's a story behind it and I linked it in the show notes. And so I try to find anything interesting that adds to the show's experience and that people might find interesting and add it to the show notes. And then... For, I have a separate post for our Patreon members, right? And where I add my film notes, the show notes, the trailers, and I try to add a, some kind of personal note to every single episode um, so that, you know, there's an extra personal touch. And then I upload the same thing to YouTube with a description. That's its own little headache because it's a much bigger file. And then I also have to wait for it to trigger a rights claim. And then I have to dispute it with Warner Brothers or whoever, because we have, you know, these clips for the show. Um, So I have to dispute that claim with fair use rights. Um, And then I schedule all this stuff out like, oh, this will go live next Tuesday at 7 a.m., blah, blah, blah. And so that's kind of a a quick overview of how the show works. Wow, that is quick. Yeah, (laughs) That's a ton. It is. That is a ton. Now, just to be clear, if you're starting a podcast, you don't have to do all of those things. But the... You know, like the YouTube stuff and everything. It's just because, you know, it's something that we didn't start the podcast with that. It evolved into that, right? Uh, Not really. Not fully. We didn't have full video with our faces. Um, I actually had a YouTube channel up and running. And and whenever you got excited uh, a few years ago, (laughs) um, you went and created all this new stuff. And I just didn't want to, like, rain on your parade. And so I just, like, scrapped all the old stuff. Um, oh. And we built okay. from scratch okay. again. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, you don't, but you're right in the sense that you don't need all this stuff. You don't need a website. Like there's podcast hosts that you can just upload directly to there. And there's plenty of successful podcasts that don't have their own website. Like, so don't yeah. think you need all these things. You don't, yeah. you can build those laters if you want to. Man, wealth of knowledge there. Thank you. So I, I want to have really quickly a lightning round. Okay. of questions for you where I'm just going to ask you and I want you to say the first thing that comes up 
in your head. And some of these, they might take a second because I know that you'll probably, you'll probably respond and you'll think later, oh, I should have said this or that or whatever. But really, I just want to kind of like get into, into your head, uh, not just like a filmmaker situation, but as a, as a human being, <laughs> essentially. But I'll start with some, I'll start with a few, with a few Let's toss ups, right? All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Favorite actor. Ooh. Oh God. Yeah. That, that just hit me out of nowhere. Denzel Washington. That's good. Favorite director. Christopher Nolan. Nice. Agreed. I agree with that opinion. Uh, favorite film. Interstellar. Yeah. Still. Favorite TV show of all time. Oh. Yeah. I knew that would be a. That's brutal. Sticky point for you. There's the best TV show ever, which I would argue is The Wire, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite. My favorite. Oh, you piece of crap. <laughs> Come on. First thing. It's, first a, it's thing. a lightning round for a uh, reason. Game of Thrones. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. Best use of your time away from film. Oh, God. Um, exercise. If you could go back to the beginning of the podcast, what would you have done differently? Uh, ooh. I would have looked to engage more people at the launch. I think we tried, but didn't do enough in order to get like more reviews. People don't understand how important uh, reviews are for the success of a show. And so if I was starting it again, I, instead of just reaching out to a few people and posting on social media and, and hoping that people will do it, I might've written a list of like 50, a hundred people, each of us to text individually. Mm -hmm. the day of that we launched our podcast and said, Hey, you have an iPhone. Here's a link to our podcast. Would you mind going on and rating it? Because that that's the, the SEO signal, uh, signal for iTunes and all these other, you know, people that are watching iTunes, uh, directories mm -hmm. in order to say, this is a quality show and that gets you ranked higher at the beginning. And now you can pop up in their new and noteworthy, which suddenly means instead of you know 100 uh, downloads an episode you're getting like a thousand two thousand downloads an episode and so i think having that better of a launch would have meant we would have had a, a much better more visible show at the beginning that's a great point i don't think we really knew that we were going to be 186 episodes in i, think so, <laughs> right? I was going to be uh, surprised at 20 episodes yeah yeah <laughs> okay how has the pestle impacted you personally oh man uh, I feel like I've grown so much as a writer and a filmmaker by doing this show. I'm so used to, I don't know, just plugging things into my schedule and forgetting about it. Like I work out, you know, six hours a week. I don't really think about it that much. I just kind of show up and do it. And this, this show is kind of the same way in that I don't think about it too much throughout the week. Um, I'm, I'm at a good place, but at the same time, it's had a massive impact, I think, on the way I view my writing, the way I view my filmmaking. And uh, I think my skills have gone up, even if only theoretically, uh, <laughs> quite a bit in my mind. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. What was the last corporate job you had? Ooh, oh, God. Yeah, I, w I ran a, the largest YouTube channel in the world uh, for several years. And I did that for a company at the time called Demand Media. And uh, which is funny. I was really good at social media at the time. Uh, and as soon as I left, I stopped all of that stuff. I just could not take it another day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my last okay. corporate gig. Yeah. And that was with me. I yeah, remember that. was with you. Yeah. All right. Where will you be in three years? Oh, 
um uh, there's there's a dark sinister answer but come on uh yeah i i think you know uh that's such a hard because it, it requires me kind of like projecting Speaking. you Speaking. know yeah making movies why not yeah there you go i like that uh all right as dogs go what is your favorite pizza topping oh are you talking single topping or if i can have you know what just answer the question west <laughs> pepperoni and mushroom love it what bear is best oh what <laughs> claw <laughs> bear claw yeah that's right <laughs> wrong black bear <laughs> the office all right last question here you go if a train is traveling due east at 35 miles per hour and another is traveling due west at double that rate and both leave their stations at precisely 2.18 p.m., what is the likelihood of me nabbing a role in your feature film this summer? Ooh, I would say it's 3 to 5%. <laughs> 3 to 5%? <laughs> Jesus. Ouch. I would put it All right. pretty close to 100%. <laughs> Fantastic. That is a great way to end that. I love it. <laughs> Uh, oh man can i leave, can i leave like one last bit of uh confidence i guess uh, yeah. keys to success if someone wanted to launch their own podcast and i think the number one key to maintaining or creating or you know having a good podcast is sustainability like it's not going to be sustainable if you're not passionate about what you're doing that's the only reason we've done 186 episodes because we love doing this it's not because we're getting paid like this has cost me so much money and it's not because you know we're we're getting famous and people are you know all over us no like we just love doing it we love hearing from you when that happens so be passionate that's sustainable don't overextend yourself i think i could make this a more successful podcast with another 2 to 3 hours of work a week but I think th that's the straw that's going to break my back. Like I just can't do all the social media stuff without exhausting myself. Um, and so don't overextend yourself, templatize where, where possible and just be consistent. Like if you set your markers and your milestones and say, this is what I need to do. And just, it goes into being sustainable. Like if it's, if, if you can't be consistent, then you're not finding the sustainable path. Like it, yeah. It's everything. Being sustainable is is what's going to get you through uh, your first fifty episodes. Yeah, love it. That's that's the best piece of advice I think we've we've heard all day. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> awesome. What are we doing next week? Ooh, so we're gonna have a weird one next week yet again. We're gonna cover the Hurt Locker, and I think we're gonna have a couple of special guests. I'm looking forward to this. We're going to have my brothers on, my two oh big my brothers. God, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, we're going to hear what, what they had to say about the Hurt Locker from the experience of, you know, serving in the army. <laughs> and I will let them define all of that because I, when it comes to the military, I'm pretty dumb about the machinations and how it all works. And so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear what they had to say about the Hurt Locker. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, do you have a reco this week? No, I would okay. say yeah it's all right we can cut that out yeah well what are you what are you going to recommend let me ask you that prisoners oh okay yeah yeah i've been wanting to um to watch that again lately i've seen it a couple of times it's brutal but i just i i i love that film it's amazing yeah amazing and visceral i downloaded a ton of scripts recently and that was one of them that i want to read because i want to go through his 
mm-hmm. uh, his catalog, Denny uh, Villeneuve's mm-hmm. uh, catalog. And so, yeah, that's that's another script I'm going to be reading soon and then reviewing. Yeah, I'm going to recommend the In the Dark podcast if you're if you're really into podcasting um, and you want to hear some really good journalism. Uh, In the Dark is absolutely astronomical. I think I've recommended it once before, which breaking a rule but yeah, yeah right. if you if you want to hear just great journalism well structured uh and get inspired to to go create something for yourself i think in the dark is absolutely fantastic yeah great and uh so make sure that you subscribe review us on itunes and all that stuff we really appreciate it we're going to end with a quote of the day from stanley kubrick and i want you to read this one oh nice yeah so quote of the day comes to us from stanley kubrick I do not always know what I want, but I do know what I don't want. It's fantastic. I, yeah. I was looking for, for something from a director that I loved, and this jumped out at me because that's absolutely how I operate in my life. I, I have no idea. There's so many options of what I what I want, but I know exactly what I don't like. It's like such an easy way to compartmentalize that decision making, you know? That's so good. And that's true of humanity, right? Like we always think, oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. No, you, you often, you kind of need to see the wrong thing before you figure out yeah. the right thing, you know? And that's, 100%. that's okay. That's yeah. direct. That's directing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, this has been fun, man. Thank you so much for shedding all this light on this. I think if I wanted to start a podcast separate from you, I definitely could do it now. Nice. Thanks, man. Go, yeah. go, go start the the tessel (laughs) (laughs) all right guys make sure you join us next week when we do the hurt locker i cannot wait for that uh hanging out with your bros uh make sure to subscribe review us on itunes anywhere you get your podcasts and uh uh, the website uh where you can get this episode at is the pestlepodcast.com slash how to podcast all one word and please share us with your friends. And if there's a, a film that you'd like to hear us review, we would love to hear from you and we would love to, uh, to review it. Uh, but until next week, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch some movies. Yeah. And listen to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs>